0: I find myself just craving food. Doritos. I I want a bag of Doritos more than anything in the world.
1: Come on in, guys. This is Tally the Votes, a Survivor podcast with your hosts, Jordan.
0: And Josh. Every episode, we'll be covering a single season of Survivor and offering up our take on everything from the cast to the twists and everything in between.
1: So whether you're more of a snake or a rat,
0: Let's go back to the beach beginnings and go on the adventure. I've got my neutral. I'm ready to go. This is Lucy Goosey Apple Juicy. I could
1: have introed it, but that's such a good intro.
0: Oh, I knew it. Josh, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing today?
1: <laughs> I'm good. It's your day after
0: birthday yes. day. Yeah. Can you believe it? We made it, girls. How are you? How are you feeling? 31. Feeling better. It was weirder going into this age 31 than it was actually going into 30 for some reason, but I'm blaming that mostly on the quarantine situation. I think that that is a significant um, role in making me feel kind of strange about 31.
1: Yeah, it's very weird, especially like, I feel the same kind of, and uh, people around us who have turned 30 and I'll be turning 30 later this year. Uh, even though I look twelve, yeah. Um, yeah, it's very weird. But don't you feel like people have gone above and beyond?
0: Yes, yeah. I think that, like, all of my like friends and family, like, in, like you included, you really see the creativity come out in everyone. And I think that that was like almost overwhelming, just because you, like, I felt the love even more than I yeah. probably always would have. Loved it. Yeah, would have. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: you love your cameo.
0: Yes, yeah. So, for anyone listening, um, Jordan and a few friends pitched in and they got me a cameo from one of my favorite survivor players, currently on Winners at War, uh, Michelle Fitzgerald, aka Win Shell, So Shell game player, controversial. There was a fake spoiler about Winners at War um, going into the season that said that. Michelle came out as bi during filming, and so people online started calling her bi-shell. But I think she's in on the joke. I think I read that. So she's just adding to her list of many uh, skills.
1: Her birthday is several days before yours. Yeah. yeah, And she sent it the cameo to me after we all put in the request, like the day after her birthday so either she recorded on her birthday or the day after regardless it was so like uh, the whole thing about you if you guys haven't seen it for those listening (laughs) go to josh's twitter at josh gets it and you can see it and she basically encourages josh to um audition
0: she's so great i love her this is your comeback (laughs) This is a new collaboration between michelle and i we're having a viral moment so
1: (laughs) so sweet though and if she's listening which she isn't thank you so (laughs) much
0: (laughs) your support means everything girl (laughs) um so
1: we just want to start off by thanking those who may have listened to the first episode thank you so much we hear you got incredible feedback um regarding audio <laughs> my laugh and all sorts of things so we will be adhering to that today but this is a work in progress yes so but sincerely thanks to those who who may or have or will f- listen in the future um it means a lot we're putting this together just for all the fans out there and the survivor fans out of our fans we don't have any but um, yeah we're very excited for this.
0: <laughs> yes 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 um, yes our t-shirts will be available soon guys so no we're not gonna have t-shirts so don't
1: <laughs> but today season two
0: yes the Australian Outback it's um, have I, this any is gonna be it's just gonna be 10 minutes of us talking about the season and then 40 minutes of me playing the didgeridoo <laughs> which is gonna be great Would watch. Um, yeah. But yes, let's get into it. Um, Season two, what were your overall thoughts after you watched the season, during your season? Watch all of it.
1: It's so hard. Like, honestly, I have to stop texting you, like, in general, but also in addition to the show, just because, like, no, I don't have to stop texting you. But yeah. I just, I really loved season two, which I didn't think I would. And Season one has such nuance, it's very quiet, it's very subtle, it's a different show, it's a different game, and there's so much to appreciate there on that side. But I think season two really hit the right balance of what the show would soon become in a few seasons, and really learning from season one. And we talked about this, the characters were finally found, and we're saying as if it took like 10 seasons to get there, but... It was just such a, it's such a different show. And I don't, I feel like you feel the same.
0: Yeah, I was quietly nodding along the whole time that you were just speaking there because I, mm-hmm. I, it's hard because I have such an attachment to season two because it was the season that really got me into the show. But I think everything you said is correct in that if you were to look at like the, the first 10 seasons of Survivor, I think that season two really does find that perfect um, it dedicates the right amount of love to the main factors that maybe why you're watching the show. So there's like there's the survival aspect of the living in nature. There's the social aspect of people getting along or not getting along, and then there's the game factor, which yeah, everyone kind of came into this season having seen season one, so they they knew that they would have to play.
1: That's what I'm finding interesting too, is because what we're, we're watching in real time and we see this now with like Drag Race and the girls who come on who know the show and they know where the cameras are and they know how to make the memes and that's great. But this was also during a time w- the uh, the internet where is it wasn't where it was now mm-hmm. obviously. <clears throat> but people were still so, so new to reality TV. But yeah. you saw kind of not like people knowing how to catch the camera but people finally becoming aware of like how to put on a show, but it not without it being inauthentic. If that makes sense? yes yeah.
0: No, totally. Yeah.
1: So, like, Jerry. Oh. Yes. Queen. Jerry. Who I and I. This will come up a lot in these episodes, and it'll be annoying. But my first introduction to Jerry was Second Chance. Correct me if I'm uh, wrong. Heroes
0: versus villains. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I yeah. was wrong.
0: <laughs> and that's it for today. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we're done painted as a villain obviously put on the villain side of the show it's yeah. an incredible season she's so good on heroes versus villains it she doesn't go that that far but she plays such a just a nice quiet game and clearly she came in wanting a redemption of sorts yeah but on season 2 and and at least watching this season that aired in what 2000 2001 in 2001 yeah It was such a different time for women on TV, especially reality TV Mm -hmm. females and Mm -hmm. their character depictions. But Jerry was painted as this wacky villainous
0: sexual woman. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Everyone Um, was just piping in every episode, just saying like, Jerry, she went fishing today. So annoying. And in some ways you do, you watch some of it and there are points where I'm like, okay, Jerry, girl, you're a little bit, uh, a little bit much. A meatball song. Oh yeah, I love them!
1: This is ridiculous, man. That driving me nuts. Bring on Coochie. Get rid of these goons and let's get something going. This is
0: crazy. But overall, when you look at, you know, quote unquote, the reality TV show bitch, for, be- for lack of a better word, if we're just talking character wise, you look at like the people who come after Jerry in pop culture, you look at the Omarosas, and you look at every other person who seems to have evolved from that one archetype. And Jerry wasn't that bad. Oh, no. At
1: all. She was almost... I wanna, I'm going to say this in such a weird way, but I was almost offended watching it that she wasn't She wasn't as villainous as yeah. I had perceived. Yeah. Um, and it, that was great because I thought she was a really solid player. The show kind of actually takes a dip in season yes. two, right? After yeah. she leaves.
0: I was going to say, like, if there's one flaw to season two, I think it's that it's really great for the first maybe two thirds and then after Jerry leaves, it gets substantially quieter. Like it's so, like, nobody else is really confrontational. You've got uh, Nick and Amber who go in the episodes after she gets voted out, and both Nick and Amber really were under the radar players. They weren't really getting that much airtime, so it's not like you're really gonna miss them all too much.
1: Well, okay, this is such a side note, but I had texted you because we're, Josh and I are watching Winners at War, obviously live as it's airing, mm-hmm. and Amber's on that season. And I, maybe I'm dumb, maybe, I am dumb. <laughs> I'm living in the year 2020, watching old seasons of Survivor, trying not to be spoiled.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you have already encountered that. You spoiled it for our friend Tom. He did. <laughs> One of the seasons. But I'm watching it, <laughs> and I honestly had no idea who won season two.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I texted Josh, and I was like, wait, does Amber win? Because I was just so confused. So obviously she wins something else. We'll get there in a later day. <laughs> But I was like, oh, it's such a weird season also because she gets the smallest of an edit. She's basically Jerry's supporting character in Mm -hmm. the series. And then we watch Jerry leave and Amber gets her own episodes to herself, which is basically, how is Amber doing post-Jerry? Yeah. But it's so strange. It's just so strange. But yeah, since once Jerry leaves, the show definitely takes a dip in quality. And I would almost... uh, reward her for being such a great character, for really caring the season.
0: Yeah. Like, Mark Burnett and Jeff Probst, they should have, like, paid her even more money afterwards because, honestly, like, the heavy lifting she does at points, you wouldn't have had as many iconic moments. You wouldn't have had, like, the whole Kel beef jerky incident. That was Jerry.
1: Which, okay, where do you stand on that?
0: I personally believe that he had beef jerky. He had it. Same. And I feel like I read an interview with Jerry, it was from a few years ago I wanna say, and she even said like, ask Colby. Basically like the men and the women are, are traveled to location in, in groups and apparently they saw Kel get stopped with a bunch of beef jerky at the airport or something. Don't quote me, don't sue me, don't uh, take me out of context or anything, but I, I feel like Jerry was right. That's my own opinion.
1: I don't disagree at all and if that happened now it would be a much different storyline like
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm sure Jeff would have been like hey so yeah we gotta let you go because of whatever
0: yeah and I think also in now like modern seasons the survivors are getting or at least some survivor players are getting smarter in that like if you're gonna smuggle something in don't smuggle in food like PG when she was on second chances she um she smuggled in fishing hooks or fishing wire in her earrings or jewelry yeah wait does she say it on the show she didn't say it on the show i don't think she said it afterwards but yeah. um like that was like part of her strategy so be smart about it don't yeah. cheat but if you're going to be creative
1: <laughs> i just don't see the desire in transporting beef jerky <laughs> to mm. a locale that is uh, neither cold nor hot—it's a very like uh, mild temperature that they're dealing with. Although there is a lot of water, there is a lot of rain yeah. in this season. Yeah, it's just such a—I love that in two thousand and one when this aired, the beef jerky thing was such a thing mm-hmm. in the episode. But now I want to see
0: like. Did stock go up for beef jerky companies after that? I want to know the numbers. I want to see how it affected the economy, the beef jerky economy.
1: Did stock go up for Jerry's hat?
0: I don't know, <laughs> but you know what probably did go up? Doritos, as Nwesson would say. Oh, I what? love Doritos. I find myself just craving food doritos i I want a bag of doritos more than anything in the world let's
1: talk about the brand sponsorship yes and that incorporation in season two because clearly after season one 50 million viewers for the finale cbs had a hit on their hands so Mm -hmm. it was only due for it to incorporate
0: some sort of yeah pay thing there money honey they gave a nice little raise to the whole production team. And you yeah. could tell from the first episode, I think.
1: Well, we talked about tribal looking gorgeous.
0: Gorgeous. On the top of a waterfall, stunning. <laughs> like, beautiful.
1: You know that was Jeff's idea.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Actually, guys, we're just going to set it up right here. Get me the fire. Get me the urn. No, it's cold. yeah
1: the dur- the Doritos... Become part of the show, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, yeah. Become something that I think we see season over season.
0: Uh, I want to say yes. I feel like there's a few times where Snickers comes into play. I remember seeing chocolate bars. I know that several cars have come and gone in the Survivor universe. Um, People two, cars. Was it the Aztec.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just I was just remembering.
0: That ugly vehicle. Sorry, Colby um
1: yeah but that was such a time of like wouldn't it be great to have a card they could also use in the forest and you're like <laughs> sure what if suvs
0: had more angles <laughs> but yeah the company uh sponsorship i mean as as much as it was kind of like eye roll worthy if it got them an extra dollar or two to make the production value kind of seem oh, sure expensive do it get those yeah. those
1: speaking of viewership and this hmm it's also great to see season two did obviously just as well as season yeah. one. I, I didn't check the finale ratings. Was it as astronomical
0: as season one? It wasn't as high as season one, but they still had great numbers, as you said. Like The, the premiere was given the like the post-Super Bowl um, time slot, oh. which says something right there. So it t- like clearly yeah. destroyed the numbers that night. Um, But yeah, obviously not as high as season one. You can't really recapture that moment, but they captured it enough that the show got greenlit for season three. And then the 38th seasons as well. Here we are 20 years later. How do you
1: feel uh, about the season as a whole? Like I clearly loved it. You have this
0: attachment to it, but looking back on it, how did you feel? It held up really well for me. I think that... It's one of those seasons that has a great pre-merge in that there are well-defined characters who get voted out before the merge, whereas other seasons, they might feel a little bit beige. This one, you've got characters like, I mean, even Deb. Deb wasn't too bad but first boot. There's um, Marilyn, Mad Dog, Hershey. Oh. A classic gem. Love her. I like, have been trying to
1: find her. that clip of her post voted out on the, when she's oh. just like, because basically, me this whole isolation. She's like, I did not enjoy that. I did yep. not expect it. It's been tough, but I tried my best.
0: This one she, am I dreaming? Did it really happen? <laughs> I'm so grateful. I love Marilyn Maddon She she's really, great. um Yeah, it's just it's one of those seasons that I think just touched on so many thrilling highs for me, and it really held up that way for a uh, for the rewatch that I just finished for this episode and. I'll speak about the location now because I think that Australia is maybe one of my favorite places that the show mm. has filmed in. And just, They've gone back, right? No, they never did. Oh. And I'm curious as to why. I know that there was controversy um, in the episode where Colby and Jerry, they win the re- reward challenge and the two of them go yeah. to the, the Great Barrier oh. the Reef. And yeah. then Colby, you know, friendly cowboy that he is, decides to take pieces of the coral reef back to the camp. That is illegal in Australia yeah. and comes with a very hefty lawsuit or, or a um, charge. Did he get fined? He didn't get fined, but the show had to issue like a big public apology. Yeah. Yeah. But no, the, like, I loved Australia's location because it wasn't like the typical island scenery that we get so often on the rest of the show. You have them kind of positioned next to rivers and there are dry Creek beds and it rains mm-hmm. a lot, but it's cold at night and it's cold at other points they're wearing jackets it's it's beautiful while also being a little bit uh prickly if that makes sense
1: it reminded me of the seasons i have watched and uh yeah it reminded me of china
0: mm-hmm. yes that's a good look yeah
1: just in terms of like how it felt i mm-hmm. watching it like you just said it felt very cold and prickly like it was a It was a very immersive watch, which I don't feel all the time, especially in the new seasons now where we're always in Fiji. Like, it does not always feel that way. It feels
0: all... We have to get out of Fiji. We have to leave. Why Fiji? Seven seasons now in a row that we've been in Fiji. And I say that, I love the location. I love Fiji. But they've just stayed there because I think they're now in a comfortable groove. And it's just easier. Yeah. But I'm tired of the location.
1: Yeah, I would love... I mean... With Winners at war, it would be great for the show to even, I don't know how you feel about this and the fans feel about it, Mm -hmm. but like to incorporate the stuff that we have seen so much and revisit these old places kind of, like it would be so great to go back to Australia and see how that works now on the show.
0: Back to the outback.
1: Especially since the challenges now are so different and we Mm -hmm. can kind of speak about the challenges in season two. I had some gripes about season one, not gripes, like clearly it was a different show, but Season two, I thought the challenges were, f- are, were finally starting to get somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Um, the one that sticks out to me is the one where they were on the pole for what was almost... Oh my God. What, 15, 16 it hours? Was, I yeah, think. it was around
0: like 13 to 14 hours, I want to say. And like, I don't know what production was thinking scheduling tribal council that night. Because Jeff would kind of like row in, in the boat and be like, you guys are doing great. Remember, we're still going to tribal tonight. And I was like, what is it, like 2 a.m.? Like these poor people...
1: This is how I feel when we go out and then people are like, let's sit at McDonald's. And I'm like, no, I just was standing for like six hours at the club. Yeah. I need to go home. I need to yeah. sit in my bed.
0: Yeah. But yeah. I did enjoy
1: that challenge. Mm-hmm. But they've elevated now to being basically the thing where they just stand on the
0: triangle-shaped
1: yeah. squares in the, <laughs> the ocean or Beautiful river.
0: water. Yeah. They've le- they love a good endurance competition now. They do, but it's also like so
1: It's kind of cool to look at it and be like, wow, production has come so far and they've learned so much about being like, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like what works as a challenge, but what also works on TV? Because I don't think they thought out like, okay, I'm going to stand on here, but that doesn't take much endurance. Kind of. I say that I tried, I fall after like half an hour, but like now they incorporate so much more food. There's way more challenges. It's physically way more uh, obtuse. Like it's not as easy for them to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, uh, the challenges were decent this season, if not uh, promising.
0: Yeah, and visually just a lot more exciting too. Like you have that one, I think uh, episode two, where they have to jump off the cliff and then swim to the finish line. And that was like a great one because A, it was just like an exciting challenge to watch, but you also had this kind of B plot of Roger um, on the Kucha tribe who was clearly a very uh, afraid of heights. So you almost had like a reason to kind of keep watching. Like, is he going to jump? Is he not going to jump? I don't know. It's just one of those things that elevated the challenge a little bit more than season one did, where it was like a really kind of dry race. And then all of a sudden you've got the winning tribe, like dancing around a a treasure chest full of scuba masks, which I think definitely did happen in season one.
1: (laughs) It's so weird like you're also seeing more the desperation of people and how involved they get into the show mm-hmm. and now people are so excited when they win kind of but this was like no we need to like fucking win and yeah i mean we just uh, was kind of my segue into the volarski of it all or Ooh, better yes. known now as
0: a girl uh,
1: was mrs hasselback mm-hmm. um her chanting and like shouting when they would win all the time like people were very involved and very excited to win and that's my not so subtle transition how did you feel about (laughs) let's talk about elizabeth
0: belarski when it rains here it means you're cold at night you don't sleep rain is i mean it puts you in such an
1: extreme disadvantage it's it takes you a day to recover from rain i mean there's the risk of getting sick you're sleeping in cold wet there's
0: no, there's nothing worse than the rain here nothing worse because being cold is guaranteed at night but cold and wet stick a fork in me it sticks. jerry like we were just talking about who was the least or the most hated woman in america at the time and you've got this sweet little bubbly angel in Elizabeth on the same season. So they are complete opposites to the viewing public back in 2001. And I hate to say it, but Elizabeth comes across like a sweetheart. It's hard to dislike that version of Elizabeth that is on the TV show Survivor from what we know now.
1: Singularly on the show within the context of season two of Survivor, not seeing anything else, her Mm -hmm. character depiction on the show i'm trying to say as much as i can say because obviously she's awful now a terrible person (laughs) and all that yeah but it's clear there was something there and the portrayal of her at least in her edit Mm -hmm. because if a if a, a female character like hers played the show now you would root for her immensely yeah, It's kind of hard rewatching it, knowing all that came later, the rosy of it all, the, yeah. the bullshit of it all. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of, it was so crazy to watch. Like, I would get up every time and there would be a great scene or she would win a challenge or she would be endearing and I'd be like, fuck, I hate watching her on the show because yeah. I don't enjoy
0: actually enjoying her. She yeah. checked so many boxes, too. Like, not only was she sweet and upbeat and perky but she was invested in the gameplay as well like she wasn't just kind of satisfied with sitting around you would have various moments where she was saying no like i want to i want to wiggle in and shake some stuff up if i can then she was also an underdog too people love an underdog so when she settled into that role after the marriage that's just another reason to root for elizabeth yeah that connection with rogers and she had so many things that I think a lot of people were attracted to at the time just for someone to like cheer for. And she aced all of it.
1: Do you want to kind of speak on, you mentioned to, this to me when we were texting about it, but mm-hmm. she obviously never came back to the show given mm-hmm. being hired on The View as uh, a joke. Yeah. Um, but if in the timeline we would have lifted if that never happened, What would you have foreseen?
0: Honestly, we would be, in in my opinion, like a very different survivor world. First of all, I don't think that Amber, dear Amber, very sweet person, is actually like a likable survivor um, character in, in the canon. I don't think that she would have gotten the callback for season eight, All Stars, if Elizabeth had kind of stayed Elizabeth, I think Elizabeth would have gone back for All Stars. I think that it, we'd have a very different winner for that season. I think eventually Elizabeth would also come back for Heroes versus Villains, obviously oh, yeah. on the Heroes tribe, which means yeah, that Robin and yeah. Amber would never become a power couple. Which means that like just so many things, like the dominoes, like it would be very different from what we have now on Survivor. That's my theory.
1: That's my I theory. agree. Mm-hmm. It's hard to. it's hard to talk about this just knowing like the trajectory Elizabeth eventually took in her life and she is now and telling us to
0: cry away um, everything. But (laughs) in the alternate timeline, Elizabeth was Bernie's campaign manager and she was just a (laughs) rigid, you know, democratic uh, socialism. Like, I don't know, like who knows?
1: I mean, it kind of speaks to like, it's so weird to watch her on the show and be so genuine and sweet and a great player, and then clearly go off and kind of get, uh, for lack of a better word, intoxicated by the fame and kind of pushed into a corner to be something uh, people want you to be, and then mm-hmm. fully feeding into that and then becoming kind of a monster as a result. Yeah. Um, I think that's about as much time as I want to spend on that <laughs> because, like, it's it's just so weird to talk about and yeah. like, so unfortunate. But this is also what happens when you look back on a show 20 years later. Yeah, I think it is like
0: recommended viewing for anyone who's into like The View and how The View has evolved. I think Elizabeth's uh, chapter on Survivor should be homework for any fan of (laughs) The View.
1: Well, anyone of pop culture, because I specifically remember nothing of Elizabeth on on Survivor. Obviously Mm -hmm. I wasn't watching at the time, but I remember her basically Auditioning to be on the view. I remember the chair spinning around when she became the co-host, like all the bullshit. And yep. let me tell you, I was glued for that Rosie <laughs> Rosie Elizabeth season, of course. Like it's the, the clip <laughs> that never dies, but like
0: I'm waiting for you and I's uh, Rosie <laughs> Elizabeth moment in this podcast. Just <laughs> reading about season eight Pearl Islands or something. I don't know.
1: That dialogue I know. Almost <laughs> verbatim, so I, them. I, I'm ready for the challenge. Big,
0: fat, lesbian, loud Rosie <laughs> attacks innocent, pure Christian Elizabeth.
1: The other women on the season, I think it's also a season that is carried by the women, more oh, or less.
0: Let's go, girls. Yeah. Truly, so many female stars in the Australian Outback. I've already spoken about my love for Marilyn Mad Dog Hershey, so I will not repeat that. But the next person who I have a huge thought in my heart for would be our dearest Kimmy Kappenberg mm-hmm. who came back 15 years later for second chances and here she's just like a she's got a definite pres- presence when you're watching yeah. she is a major uh, quote-unquote player for the Kucha tribe in those early episodes she has a lot of um clashing moments but also she's also a little bit of an underdog too so I, I really really like Kimmy in both seasons to be honest
1: yeah I am not on the same page as you I just don't find her that compelling as a player but what I did find compelling in season two is her struggling with the structure of the game and the chickens of it all
0: <laughs> I that's my segue the chicken moment a favorite. What the hell is up your
1: butt? There is nothing on my butt, okay. But I'm telling
0: you right now, what you just said is not true. We should be having protein every day. If we have I to have the chickens, say, we will. If you have the chickens here, right? You see us you going can go, fishing, right? That's all I was saying. It's a good thing just to break it up, especially if but a when I when didn't you're agree with you and I'm having Who's the defensive one about the chickens, you or me? I don't you You guys think that I'm getting upset about you. You are the not sent to about the chicken. So do not yell at me about the chickens. I am not getting upset about you. You can get as emotionally attached I'm to you Because why the only reason why we I said I it do. is because we care about your feelings because well, you, but tribe. you know, so but don't But don't thing jump all over me, upset. sweetheart. Don't wave your finger in my face. I will wave my finger under your breath. You want me to say it in your face? Yes. Yes, I will be happy to. I'm saying it to your face right now. I'm tired of you and the fucking chickens. What have I said about the chickens though? Nothing. That's the problem. (laughs) speak on it i mean i touched on this last week but i really do think that fight between kimmy kappenberg and alicia calloway over uh the chickens in the kucha camp i think that that moment kind of kicked off an era of reality television that we now know as like Housewives, that we know as kind of a drama entertainment where people are fighting. I think that that fight, like the network was like, oh, people like this. People don't just like the game of Survivor, people like watching women scream at each other. Yeah. It was like, for all season one was great at, um, with like the social angle of living and getting along at camp, you never really had an explosive moment between people on the tribes. It was always kind of behind their backs. It was like, well, Dirk is really religious and it's a little weird. Or, well, Joel's kind of an asshole. But it never really came to a head like it did in season two, where all of a sudden, nope, like where there's sparks, there's fire. And there was definitely fire between Alicia and Kimmy.
1: It was very much the blueprint for what would come after that. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think people studied it I mean, you you would probably argue that they may have, but it very much laid the groundwork for like, oh, like this is a bonus on just on top of seeing people compete and be in a Lord of the Flies situation that is so new to television. Let's add drama. Yeah. Organic as it may have been, it looked and seems very organic again. We've said this a hundred times already, but like we know when like something may be premeditated. This was very much Kimmy just like, having her end of it all and just being like, fuck this. Like, I don't care.
0: (laughs) And Alicia just, like, storming off to the (laughs) water
1: afterwards. I low-key loved Alicia.
0: Alicia is great. I love Alicia as well. And I actually don't remember too much about her second appearance on the show, which is All Stars. So I'm excited to see that just because, I don't know, we'll get to that in a few episodes. But the Alicia that we saw in season two a little bit um, at points under the radar so you don't really get a full grasp of her game again she was that first juror so um she made it far enough but she didn't make that much of a dent but likable strong athletic and overall i really liked her
1: so athletic and it, it was just great to see like I mean, strong female characters come in any shape or form, but physically strong is, like, so great, especially when the show relies, and Jeff's, too, I mean, not in the early seasons, in the physicality of the male characters, and you mm-hmm. always see, like, we can't vote them out. They will help us for a team, and she very much was that, that person, yeah. and just to see the strength alone, like, she is a
0: beast, and it was mm-hmm. so great to see. And Bruce, she's iconic, um silver bathing suit. Oh my God, yeah. I remember when she was voted out, um, Rosie O'Donnell used to always have the eliminated castaway the next day on her show because it was their day of press. And I have this memory in my head, and I might be wrong, but I don't think I am, that Alicia showed up in her silver bikini. Oh my God. So, but, but yeah, I would love to see the stocks for that brand of swim line.
1: <laughs> what's also crazy is that Rosie loves Survivor and then eventually worked with Elizabeth. It's Full circle, Matt. Oh, fuck, it's wild. It's um, insane. Leave it to two gays to talk about just the female characters on the show for 40 minutes now.
0: Sorry for anyone who's tuning in to hear our thoughts on Roger. Bless his heart. I don't
1: care. You know,
0: sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Um, oh, one last note on Kimmy is that I love that she was able to kind of have the last laugh on Jeff Varner, not Poste. Because she kind of she fucked him over for the game when yeah. they merged. Because without Kimmy kind of ratting out to the other tribe that she had voted for him in an earlier tribal council, they wouldn't have known.
1: It was such a small moment, but it was so early in that like pu- like that moment where like you see a player kind of switch switch at the last second yeah. it was something that's so I don't think she meant it as an actual gameplay.
0: No, for sure, but it worked so well in her favor. We can give her credit and say that she was so far ahead in the game strategy wise that she definitely did that on purpose. Like she, she like knew years <laughs> in the future. I'm looking for the um, idols out there, you guys. She knew. <laughs> when do the this is, has nothing to do with anything. When actually it has everything to do with everything.
1: <laughs> when do the when do the idols get it
0: come into play in the show? I think it's season eleven. I think it's when they go to Guadalcanal. Wow. Yeah. So you've got another eight seasons of people who are just relying on um, Immunity challenges to be safe.
1: That makes the Parvati idol play in Fans versus Favorites?
0: Uh, her iconic one, I think, is for Heroes versus Villains. Yes. Yes. Oh, but you've got so uh, good. like the Amanda one in Fans versus Favorites where she uses oh. the on herself after her sad Amanda Dohan. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, a very different game.
1: Speaking of not speaking about the men, mm. Colby.
0: Mm, yes, I do not slash. I did not have the um, uh, like the huge crush on Colby that I think the rest of America did. I'm not really a cowboy kind of guy, though. In my defense, I think he was a very sweet person with an earnest heart. Uh, did a great job. Mm. But you saw his tribal council performance in the finale like he 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 flopped. He like is he hot?
1: Was he hot? Sure. Mm-hmm. Would I blow him? Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: but what's more discouraging especially with male characters on the show and I think that it's not talked about enough it's like what women do so well or a majority of them do on the show is the final jury speech or getting the jury votes because women know how to play the social game so well. Yeah. And men have to, of course, in the show, Jeremy played an incredible game in his season.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the one that he won. I can't remember the name. Uh, but, <laughs> but Colby fucks himself over in the end. And yeah. honestly, again, I said it, I really didn't know who went, who won. And to see, Tina and Colby, Tina especially, make it to the final two. Yeah. It was so crazy because she played such a, just a very subtle, soft, nice game. There was
0: a little bit of it just wanting to see how strong does Mitch and Colby align with Jerry. And my thought was, if I could get Colby, that would be two of us. And then maybe Colby could talk to Amber. And that would be the only chance that I would have to make it. At this point, I don't have anything to lose. Well, for starters, she's a great contrast to Rich, who had just won the season prior. I think that Tina's game was very quiet, as you said, but you always kind of saw her mind moving and bringing in what she knew had to happen in the game. Mm -hmm. Like there are those early moments when the Core tribe was largely the younger people versus the older people, where she was saying, well, you know, right now, Keith and I don't really have the numbers, but what if I were to try and talk to Colby and Mitch and see how connected they are to Jerry? So you always saw Tina was always thinking. And she was, never, uh, she was never kind of like just floating around. I think she always had a say in what was happening in her own Tina Wesson way.
1: I agree. I think maybe I did her a disservice by saying quiet game because she played such a, a very solid social game. And to your point, it's mm-hmm. just like, she was always monitoring everyone. And in her confessionals was always aware. Like, it wasn't like she got the edit that, like, halfway through. It was kind of like, oh, we're going to see Tina at the end. She got a very solid edit throughout, played a very solid game, didn't piss uh, anybody off. I think she, to win against Colby, which Mm -hmm. on paper, you would think Colby would have won. Yeah. Just based on all the immunity challenges he won. And if Tina had won a bunch of immunity challenges. Like I would stand so hard, cause I love a cop queen.
0: It was close to winning that. Um, she was. The endurance.
1: Yeah. She was, but it speaks a lot to like the other side of the show that we don't see. And maybe this is uh, when we get to Sandra's seasons, like just someone who plays mm-hmm. a really solid social game, not as manipulative mm-hmm. or as smart as Sandra's obviously, but just in its own right, respectable. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, the one aspect to Tina's Game that I'm not gonna fault, but I am gonna say, and I wanna know what your thoughts on this, that I wasn't as crazy about, is by the end of the season or even earlier than that, one major narrative that kept popping up was, well, I wanna see, uh, I wanna see people who deserve it to make it to the end. I wanna see the deserving people go far. And that, to me, I never really loved, like, the whole, like, playing an honorable game. Only the good people get to the end. I don't really like seeing that in my Survivor um, seasons. But it was a very earlier show time. Yeah. I, I understand where it was coming from. But just watching it back, I was like, okay, we get it. You're trying to say that you don't like Jerry and that you think Amber doesn't deserve it because she's just, like, a little minion. It's, it's a weird rationale to try and... Um, Like get yourself to the end, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree. I have always felt that way when it comes to like reality competition shows. I don't care if you play a nice game. I mean, if you're in the game, it's for sure different. I get that. Like, Roxy lent Alaska her shirt, and we all suffered. (laughs) Yeah. If you are gonna play a nice game, that's great. That's not the game I would play, and I don't think that's game you would play. I think there's a difference b- between genuinely mean and mm-hmm. disrespectful and villainous. And there's what I think what people mean as like, people always say this about people like this person is not nice, but it doesn't mean they're not a good person. So just because, no, exactly, just because someone on the show might not be nice, it doesn't mean they're not playing a good game. And it also doesn't mean they're not, they are hurting people. So yeah. I'm, very bored by like the niceness of it all. I don't want to watch that. I think no one wants to watch that. If they did, you can turn on HGTV. Yeah, But yeah, I agree with you on that sentiment.
0: Yeah, it's funny with uh, with Tina. So this is like a little bit of like a history lesson in regards to Survivor spoilers throughout the year because like way back when these early seasons were happening, the internet, like they wanted to know everything. They wanted to know who won, what happened. And so there were a lot of like fake spoilers going around at the time. I think there was one that said that during filming, somebody fell off a horse and had to be medically evacuated. Didn't happen, but wasn't too far off in the medical evacuation of it all. But one spoiler that came out during um, the airing of the the season, it wasn't so much a spoiler as much as it was a correct theory. So basically, Mark Burnett, he had done interviews and press for the shows. And he said that, if you watch season uh, episode one of season two, there are clues to who wins in the end. So everyone kind of was like, oh, like I gotta pick up on that. And now if you were to compare the first episode of season one to season two, in uh, season one, there's the moment uh, in the very beginning episode where Richard Hatch makes a comment like, just write me the million dollar check already because I know I have this. And that was widely considered as like, that was the moment that you knew that he was gonna Mm -hmm. win. Whereas season two, if you watch the first episode, Tina doesn't say a single thing. She gets no confessionals. She's barely in it. She doesn't get any solo shots. So somebody saw that and said, I think that is what they're trying to say here is that they're trying to make an an argument that the winner is like the dog who didn't bark. And sure enough, she won.
1: I have never heard the saying, the dog who didn't bark, and I love
0: it. I'm going to apply it to my, (laughs) it's going to be my Twitter handle when I... Log off tonight.
1: No, but you you texted me as soon as we started the season and you're like, hint, whatever. And I was like, hey, mm-hmm. it's Amber.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally, she didn't work either, no. barely. Yeah.
1: But it also, it goes back to this and I, like, you've taught me everything I know about, like, watching Drag Race and the edits and all that kind of stuff. But it, if the editing is half the show, as we know with, like, New York and Beverly Hills Housewives this season, like, editors create what we are giving it's only half the battle with the characters you're given on the show right so i think Mm -hmm. season two gave them so much like season two to me is like the sequel to a very small blockbuster that did surprisingly well and then they were like oh fuck we gotta like make tribal look the way it does we gotta have a flood obviously not intentional, just purely uh, situational based. We gotta have the chicken fight. We gotta have... Uh, One falling
0: on fire. fire. Yeah,
1: um, we have to have all these things that make a second season, that make the sequel to a blockbuster so much bigger and better. And I think they got it all so right.
0: It's so funny that you said that because as I was watching and I wrote it down, I consider Survivor, the Australian Outback, to be the Scream 2 to Scream from the first season.
1: That's literally what I was trying to get to.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think, obviously, like, you can watch the first season, you can say, you know, it's not that exciting to watch or it doesn't really have as many, like, unpredictable gameplay moments. But for what it was at the time, it was iconic in that, like, for Scream, they had, like, the Drew Barrymore uh, kill at the beginning of the movie. Survivor had the rats and snakes speech at the end. Like, it had the iconic moments that, kept people thrilled. Yeah. And season two, it's like it, they they took the formula and everything that happened within it was just bigger and, in my opinion,
1: better. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, this is the only time we will discuss uh, Scoopin' and the fire thing, but watching that was so, so hard to watch. And I said this in the first episode with the food eating competition, again, credit to the show, because even 20 years later, like, I mean, watching someone fall in the fire is obviously terrible, but it is so hard to watch. Like you have seen so much over the years. (laughs) No Joe,
0: ten times someone has fallen into the fire.
1: (laughs) No, but it was so hard to watch and it was, uh, yeah, it's just uh, credit to the show for still 20 years later, even 20 years ago, being that revolutionary in its reality.
0: Like, Can you imagine being just like a camera operator on the camp that day like what was going through the mind of every single birth person there at the time it must have been terrifying it's terrifying to watch like there are some images that have lingered in yeah. my brain in pop culture history and the one of like his skin hanging mm-hmm. off of his fingers while he's in the water is just it's there it's always there with
1: me i am obsessed with the cameraman on the show because i mean i this always has stuck in my head there's that weird family guy joke that makes fun of survivor and they just cut to the production team like in a house on the island and and Mm -hmm. like the sets fall down and insinuating it's all fake but there's the flood episode or episodes in season two because it does carry on for Mm -hmm. a while and there's just basically the trailing cameraman shot following the water and i'm like i love the cameraman just following the water but (laughs) but no one's saying anything being like oh shit like
0: do we do anything?
1: <laughs> no. But it's so, uh, we will always reference the comeback, but it's so the comeback and just, like, Jane watching it unfold, the train wreck in front of her, but not stopping it, right?
0: Yeah. 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 Authentically. Yeah, that, that um, the flood moment. Another great, as much as, like, the post-Jerry part of the season is not as amazing as the first half you still have great moments afterwards. And I think the flood moment is another bit where the survival aspect really comes in and kicks their asses and it's engaging to watching.
1: My final note on season two is Jeff's helicopter arrival at the finale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: what are your thoughts on that?
1: I hate it. It's also Mm -hmm what felt like 20 minutes because at that time quick editing just wasn't the wasn't the thing so (laughs) you see jeff leave the original tribal and tina just like being like where are my doritos and like him flying off and then we get to the top of the the building he has to walk down the stairs and i'm like oh this is so convoluted and so his ego just is there right away
0: I would tell you it gets better from here, but there are going to be so many more moments where you create the uh, delivery of the votes to the finale. So it does not get better. It only gets better.
1: (laughs) Um, Do you have any final notes?
0: Uh, Not really. I think another moment that I wrote about when I was watching was just that very strange, surreal internet cafe reward where they were writing the most awkward, like, hey peas, will you marry me? Messages to their loved ones does not uh i mean you don't like family visits as is on this show jordan i can only imagine that watching this was even less emotional
1: i literally said oh i hate that we're going to start talking about the family visits on the podcast because i'm going to come off like such a monster and i I am a monster but like i'm sorry just like i love my family so much but i'm playing a game (laughs) like i don't care So then to see these people in this fake internet cafe (laughs) with production at their, at their respective family houses, it just was so silly. And I get the sincerity of it and it's very much for the middle America watching it. And I get it. Mm -hmm. They want to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't care about that. It's why New York is my favorite housewives because there's, there's no husbands. There's very few children. We don't see it. I don't want to see it.
0: Or no ties to the outside world. I don't care. Party.
1: But the Internet Cafe thing was so just prehistoric almost in everything that was happening.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. What a <laughs> sweet moment, but what a great season overall.
1: Honestly, and I hope you're proud of me, like probably a top season I've watched
0: of the 10 or 11
1: that I've watched so far.
0: That's great because when we first when i when you first started watching the show, I gave you a list of recommended seasons, and mm-hmm. I didn't know how far back I should go with it just because I was like, I don't know he's gonna love the earlier ones, but I'm happy that you really liked this
1: one. No, I loved it, and it's really stuck with me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, do you wanna give a teaser uh, for season three?
0: Yes, so season three, Africa. I remember not loving this season at the time, even even though it was my second season watching the show when I was a kid. I, I don't really hold it up as fondly in my memory, but I have not gone back to rewatch it yet. So I'm interested to see how it plays out now, but I will say that I think that the location looks better on paper than it plays out in the show. Mm-hmm. The idea of filming in Africa sounds exciting and thrilling, but I think it's just gonna be uh, very dry and depressing at points.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: you'll have to wait and see.
1: I can't wait to get there.
0: <laughs> well, I guess- That's the it. Three then, will be at uh, Africa next, so.
1: I am excited.
0: Good, you should be. <laughs> Thanks for chatting um, about uh, the Australian Outback. Thank you for <laughs> having me. Um, Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in again, guys. If you did, remember, we're always taking your feedback and we love our fans.
1: <laughs> yes, please. If you're listening and you know who you are, send us those text in the group chat and let me know how that audio is, Sarah Gahari. Yeah.
0: Go to your local internet cafe, write us a message, pull up a bag of Doritos, sip on that Mountain Dew, and we'll have a chat
1: um but sincerely if you are listening thank you so much and uh let us know what you want to hear what you want us to talk about for season three and please subscribe because we need it
0: (laughs) thanks guys Bye. bye